0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith.
1: Hello, I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and simultaneously being broadcast out to the folks at Project Freedom Radio Network. So thanks for tuning in today. If you're looking for me on the net, you can find me at leahbrenda.com or on Facebook at uh, Leah Brenda Smith or the radio page Come Back to Your Senses Radio. So we have a big topic uh, today, balancing your relationship with sugar, or as you could say, how to crush the sugar rush. And uh, I'm certainly uh, one of uh, millions of people that have gone through struggles with balancing the relationship with sugar and the effects that that has on the body. I was diagnosed with hypoglycemia as a teenager, I went through cycles in my earlier life of uh using coffee and cigarettes as my breakfast of champions, uh the fuel that was not very good fuel, obviously. And then also sugar cravings, which most of us are familiar with. Uh it really came to light for me um couple of years ago. I joined in with Skip Blackie at Unlimited Potentials. Um he often does a fast the first uh um, a cleanse, not a fast, the first uh, week of the year. And uh, I noticed that uh, after eliminating sugar, that um, I noticed the cravings and the headaches and the effects that it was having on me. It was quite startling for me, actually, to realize um, what that experience was, that it was the withdrawal from the sugar. So I am uh, very uh compassionate about the issues that we're going to talk about today. And certainly have had uh, um, incidences of diabetes runs in my family as well. So it's something that I've really grown up with also, understanding this relationship with sugar. And as well, what I've found is that people really need to understand things before, it seems before they really make changes that are comprehensive and sustainable. And so I'm going to start at the beginning with some history and I'm going to on purpose repeat some of the information throughout the program from a few different perspectives just because for some of us it's going to be the first time that we're really becoming aware of the effects this way and uh, it's good to hear it more than one time. It helps it to get it grounded and be comprehensive in a way that you can work with it. So Let's start here with a bit of history from Joshua Rosenthal, who's the founder and director of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and he's the author of a book, Integrative Nutrition, Feed Your Hunger for Health and Happiness. And here's some information about it all. The United States is the largest consumer of sweeteners and one of the largest global sugar importers. And this started in 1689, when the first sugar refinery was built in New York City. And colonists soon began to sweeten their breakfast porridge with refined sugar. Then within 10 years, individual consumption had reached 4 pounds a year. So the average American now consumes more than 100 pounds of sugar and sweeteners in one year. Just look at this in contrast to the amount of broccoli. The average amount of broccoli that people consume is 8 pounds. Now the USDA, which is the United States Department of Agriculture, they recommend that we consume no more than the equivalent of 10 teaspoons of sugar per day. Yet most Americans consume... On average, 30 teaspoons daily, and some people even much more than that, which is more than three times the recommended daily value. But we all know human beings love sweet things. And even before we started refining sugar, we sought out foods with sweet tastes. Sugar is a simple carbohydrate that occurs naturally in food such as grains, beans, vegetables, and fruit. But when unprocessed, sugar contains a variety of vitamins, minerals, and proteins. When brown sugar or other whole grains are cooked, chewed, and digested, then the natural carbohydrates can break down uniformly, into separate glucose molecules. Then these molecules enter the bloodstream where they are burnt smoothly and evenly, good fuel, allowing your body to absorb the good nutrients. So refined table sugar, which is also called sucrose, is very different. It's extracted from either sugarcane or beets and it lacks vitamins and minerals and fiber. And therefore it requires extra effort from the body to digest. And what happens is the body needs to deplete its own stores of minerals and enzymes in order to absorb sucrose properly. So instead of providing the body with nutrition, it actually rec- it creates nutritional deficiencies and it enters swiftly into the bloodstream and wreaks havoc on the blood sugar level. So first it pushes it sky high, causing excitability, nervous tension, and hyperactivity. And then it drops the levels to an extremely low level, causing fatigue, depression, weariness and exhaustion so many health conscious people are aware that their blood sugar levels fluctuate wildly on a sugar induced high and the flip side is the emotional roller coaster ride that accompanies this high we feel happy and energetic for a while But then suddenly and unexplainably, we find ourselves arguing with a friend or a lover or co-worker. Sugar really qualifies as an addictive substance for two reasons. First, even eating a small amount creates a desire for more. And secondly, quitting causes withdrawal symptoms such as headaches, mood swings, cravings, and fatigue, which is what I was saying I experienced when I went on that fast with the um, Unlimited Potentials folks. So today sugar's found in many of the usual places where you'd expect it, like cakes and cookies and candy. However, it's also found in canned vegetables, baby food, cereals, peanut butter, Bread, tomato sauce, the list just goes on and on. So the only way to know if the processed food that you're buying contains sugar is to really know the many names that it could be labeled under. So here are some of the common ones like brown sugar, corn syrup, dextrin, dextrose, Fructose, fruit juice concentrate, high fructose corn syrup, galactose, glucose, honey, hydronated starch, invert sugar maltose, lactose, malatole, maple syrup, molasses, polyols, raw sugar, sorghum, sucrose, sorbitol, turbinado sugar, and xylitol. That is a huge list, and it, you would be amazed if you start reading the labels and you find those things in all the processed foods. You know, and even some of the so-called healthy foods contain sugar. Just as an example, a lemon poppy seed bar has 21 grams of sugar, or 5 tablespoon had 5 teaspoons. And if you compare that to a chocolate glazed donut from Dunkin Donuts which has 14 grams of sugar or 3 teaspoons. Alarmingly some fruit juices have up to 45 grams of sugar which is in excess of 10 teaspoons. Now, you may think that your morning coffee or afternoon cup of coffee only has a little bit of sugar, but if a 16-ounce Starbucks, a 16-ounce Starbucks Frappuccino actually contains 44 grams of sugar, or 10 teaspoons, which is like eating three donuts, So overconsumption of refined sugars and added sugars that are found in everyday foods is really what has led to an explosion of hypoglycemia and type 2 diabetes. So much of the United States population is hypoglycemic. And hypoglycemia literally means low glucose levels in the blood. Glucose is a type of sugar that provides energy to the cells in the body. Our bodies normally maintain blood glucose levels within a narrow range. And when this homeostasis is lost, that's when hypoglycemia can result. So a poor diet, especially one with an excess of refined sugars, can cause a gradual breakdown in our body's ability to manage blood glucose. And then when this happens... Blood glucose levels may initially spike after a meal, hyperglycemia, and then crash to abnormally low levels several hours after the meal, hypoglycemia. This roller coaster effect is implicated in the onset of type 2 diabetes. And it may take years for hypoglycemia to develop in to full-blown diabetes. However, early intervention is always the best approach. And symptoms of hypoglycemia include faintness, dizziness, sweating, anxiety, and hunger. So if you think that you may be experiencing those symptoms, you definitely want to reduce the amount of refined sugar that's in your diet. About 25.8 million children and adults in the United States, which is about 8.3 of the total population, have diabetes. And more than 13,000 children are diagnosed with diabetes each year. It's the sixth leading cause of death in the United States, and more and more cases are diagnosed every day. Type 1 diabetes, known as juvenile onset or insulin-dependent diabetes, it typically develops in childhood or early adulthood. And with this condition, the pancreas is unable to produce insulin. When a person without diabetes eats something that creates glucose in the blood, the pancreas produces insulin in order to maintain blood sugar balance. And insulin acts as the gateway, allowing the proper amount of glucose into the body's cells to be utilized as fuel. People with type 1 diabetes must rely on daily injections of insulin to keep their blood sugar levels from getting too high. And type 2 diabetes usually develops much later in life. Although recently it's on the rise amongst children and adolescents, It used to be referred to as an adult-onset diabetes until the rates of children diagnosed had skyrocketed. And with this type 2 diabetes, the pancreas is still capable of producing insulin, but the cells in the body are less responsive to it. So one of the alarming statistics in medicine right now is the rate at which Americans are diagnosed with this type of diabetes which is far more prevalent than type 1. And really, the information is especially heartbreaking, if you like, because we know that reducing processed sugar and eating a healthy, balanced diet can prevent the condition and other symptoms and illnesses that are related to excessive consumption of processed sugar. The maintenance of blood sugar is controlled by the hormonal system and it's interconnected with many other vital body control systems including the reproductive system, adrenal glands, thyroid and pineal glands as well. And the breakdown of blood sugar regulation can lead to the breakdown of other symptoms until, you know, the body is just way out of balance. So, I always like to say, here's the good news. Sugar isn't really what the problem is. The problem is the relentless addictive cycle that we've created by either eating processed sugar, you know, feeling the rush, crashing, and then taking in more sugar, which begins the cycle all over again. But if we are on a healthy, balanced diet, nourishing ourselves with milder forms of sweet vegetables then we don't need a big sugar hit from a candy bar or a soda to boost our energy level. You know, increasingly more and more people are understanding the need to find alternatives for sugar and creating a demand that has led to the creation of artificial sweeteners, like saccharin, which is sweet and low, aspartame, found in Equal and NutraSweet, But although these products have been linked to serious health problems such as cancer, public demand for sugar alternatives continues to increase. Manufacturers continue to explore other options. And sucralose was the the more recent uh, one to hit the market under the brand name of Splenda. It's become the nation's number one selling artificial sweetener in a very short period of time. It claims to be the perfect sugar substitute, as sweet as sugar, with no calories, no surge in insulin, and no side effects or long-term health damage, but some health advocates say that it's no better than the others. Chemical sugar is chemical sugar. But from a holistic point of view, it makes more sense to go with naturally occurring sweeteners rather than artificial products. However, you know switching, switching is hard sometimes. And switching even just from brown sugar or uh, switching from white to brown sugar or coarse turbinado sugar is also not the answer. Because these alternatives contain 96% sucralose, which is At best, a slight improvement of the 99.9 sucrose content in refined white sugar. So here's a list of some of the natural sugar alternatives, which all taste different and are made with very different ingredients. So you might want to experiment to find the one that you prefer. And some people use different sugar alternatives for different things, like maybe one for baking, others for cooking, or for hot drinks or cereal or on rice cakes with or without nut butters. So, here's the list. Uh, Agave nectar, which is a natural liquid sweetener made from the juice of the agave cactus. Brown rice syrup, and this product consists of brown rice that's been ground and cooked, converting the starches to maltose. Date sugar, which consists of finely ground dehydrated dates, and it utilizes the fruit's vitamins, minerals, and fiber. Then, of course, honey, which is the oldest natural of all the sweeteners, and honey is sweeter than sugar. Maple syrup, which is made from boiled-down maple tree sap and contains many minerals. And maple sugar, which is created when the sap of the maple the sugar maple is boiled for longer than is needed to create maple syrup. Organic molasses is probably the most nutritious sweetener. It's derived from sugar cane or sugar beet, and it's made by a process of clarifying and blending the extracted juices. Rapadura, and this is a brand name product that's made through a process of extracting juice from the sugar cane plant. Stevia which is a native South Americans, have used this leafy herb for centuries. And the extract from stevia is 100 to 300 times sweeter than white sugar. Easy, easy does it. And then sucanat, which is short for sugar cane natural. And this brand name produces, this uh, consists of evaporated organic cane juice. And the last one here is vegetable glycerin. It's a colorless, odorless liquid with a very sweet taste and the consistency of thick syrup. And it's derived from coconut and palm oils. So those are some of the um, more natural alternatives to the refined sugars that are uh, in table sugar and also in so many of the packaged products. You would be surprised if you start to read that, how many grams of sugar are in the things you're eating. You know, Albert Einstein says, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. So try some of those uh, alternatives and um Here's some information about sugar addiction from FitDay.com, and they say that sugar addiction may be both emotional and psychological, and may be particularly difficult to overcome. But there are some ways that you can curb your addiction. Really, if we understand why and how sugar is dangerous, then it can give us the impetus to look for solutions to reduce the amount of sugar in our diet. Sugars obtained from sugarcane, and it's in, as I said, in almost all the processed foods. Not just the sweet ones, so even things like pizza, french fries, pasta, and uh, naturally, of course, with sweets and sodas. But when they're ex- consumed in excess, that's when you have the health problems like triggering diabetes, disrupting normal brain function, it affects memory and attention span, it's linked to heart disease. It can cause high blood pressure and hypertension. It's believed to be amongst the causes of irritable bowel syndrome. It can cause obesity when consumed in excess and can slowly destroy your teeth if you fail to brush your teeth after you consume high levels of sweet. Now, the causes really of sugar addiction is that sugar stimulates the production of dopamine and serotonin, and these substances are known to give a feeling of happiness and calmness.
0: The release
1: of the neurotransmitters in the brain happens also when alcohol or other recreational drugs are consumed. So you may develop a resistance to the effects of sugar over time, because the more sugar you eat, the more sugar that you'll need to get that comfortable feeling that you're looking for. And then some of the symptoms of a sugar addict. If you look for something sweet whenever you feel depressed, lonely, bored, or nervous, you may be addicted to sugar. You may be addicted to sugar if after not eating sugar for 24 hours, you experience the following symptoms irritability, headaches, fatigue, or lethargy. So how can we really curb that addiction to sugar? Many people would say, like overcoming all addictions, it requires a strong will, a single-mindedness of focus, patience, and compassion. See, here's some suggestions of ways that you can Work with this sugar addiction, and really, the first really primary one is really to eliminate the sugar and other products that contain sugar from your house. So that's really a no-brainer for any addiction. If you have an addiction, remove the substance. Then introducing healthy snacks instead of processed sugars, such as fruits, vegetables, or seeds, and then eat these whenever you have a sugar craving. Eating three times a day at about the same time every day will really ensure that your blood coasts, your, your blood sugar levels maintain a consistency throughout the day. And then you'll be less hungry and less likely to be looking for sugary snacks. Your diet should include fiber, carbohydrates from whole grains and vegetables, fats and lean proteins. Now, exercise can reduce the need for sugar. Because during exercise, your levels of serotonin automatically increase. And in that way, exercise can have the same effect on your mood as eating a sweet snack. You know, a low glycemic eating is another approach that can be very helpful for people. And the glycemic index, the GI, is the ranking of carbohydrate containing foods on a scale of 0 to 100. So the higher the number, the more quickly you digest the food, which can trigger extreme fluctuations in blood sugar. So low scores, 55 and lower, mean that the food is digested slowly and produces only gradual changes in your blood sugar. For almost 30 years, The glycemic index has been a useful tool for medical science. It's allowed them really to research and to gauge the relationship between specific carbohydrate rich foods and their effects on our physiology. Though dieters and diabetics are starting to use the index for their own purposes, It's really suggested that you avoid eating by numbers and instead just follow some simple guidelines like eating plenty of rich fiber vegetables like the dark leafy greens, beans of all varieties, and fruits. Apples, pears, peaches, and berries have a lower glycemic index than tropical fruits like papaya and pineapples. They suggest... Limiting potatoes to just small side dishes. And choose grains in their least processed state. For example, replace refined and white bread with stone ground whole wheat, sourdough, or pumpernickel. And you could exchange white rice for basmati brown or long grain or wild rice. And instead of processed cereals, You know, the ones with the high sugar content, you could stick with old fashioned oats or cold cereals that have at least four grams of fiber per serving. Ration the white flour sweets like donuts and store-bought cookies for home baking done with whole grains, fruit, and sugar alternatives. Avoid sugar-sweetened beverages and drinks. Don't drink, the suggestion is to not drink more than one cup of 100% fruit juice daily. Remember I said some of these juices have up to 45 grams of sugar in them, which is, you know, an excess of 10 teaspoons of sugar. And then consume protein and fat at most meals and snacks. Because eating a balance of nutrients will keep your blood sugar steady and your hunger in check. Vegetables and lean animal sources, including dairy, are your best options for protein. Of course, unless you're vegetarian or vegan, in which case you will lean more towards soy products, beans, legumes, nuts, and those leafy greens and broccoli, spinach, kale, those types of things. Now, olive oil, nuts, avocados, seeds, and nut butters are healthier fats. So reduce saturated fats and we want to stay clear of those trans fats. So here's a a case study actually from Rosenthal that wrote the integrative nutrition book and it's an example of how struggling, it's an example of one woman struggling with sugar and a healthy alternative. You New know, many uh, years ago, a successful female dentist came to him for help with her sugar cravings, and she confessed that all day long she told her clients to avoid sugar. But every afternoon she would sneak into her back office and secretly binge on sweets, particularly candy bars. She was a sincere, intelligent woman who knew that consuming large amounts of sugar destroys your teeth, but she was helpless when it came to her own cravings. She was puzzled. She felt helpless. And not for a lack of understanding or discipline, but because willpower is not always enough when it comes to food dependencies, especially those involving sugar. She said that she felt like a hypocrite. But Rosenthal told her that she wasn't a hypocrite. He said that humans naturally crave sweet flavors and suggested that she get some milder sweet foods in her diet on a more regular basis to avoid the afternoon binges. He explained the distinction between simple and complex carbohydrates and advised her to reduce processed foods, except for the pasta, which she loved, and to have that more al dente rather than um, boiling it so it's very soft, because when you boil it, to that point, it brings out the sugar in it more. And then also to increase greens and vegetables. And we knew that this wouldn't be enough to overcome her intense sugar cravings. So we asked her to induce two new products, rice cakes and rice syrup. And really, with the rice cakes, you want to watch on the labels for that because some of them are just processed and have all of the uh, things that you're wanting to stay away from. So read on the labels for the uh, natural rice cakes. And rice syrup, which is a, a sweet syrup made from rice that contains many c- complex as well as simple sugars. And the reason he suggested this is because it has a milder impact on the body than standard sugar, candy bars, donuts, and other processed sweet foods. Rice syrup is delicious on rice cakes. And the rice cakes are made of puff brown rice. You can also get ones made of buckwheat and other quinoa and other things as well. And they're very rich in complex carbohydrates. So he told her to buy a big supply of rice cakes and rice syrup and put them in her back office. So when she was craving something sweet, she would have something that was a a healthy alternative. And after two months, her sugar cravings had diminished remarkably. And months later, she was urging her own clients with sugar addictions to switch to rice products as a substitute for highly processed foods and sweets. You know, Michu uh wrote One Peaceful World, and here's a nice quote here, that peace begins in kitchens and pantries, gardens and backyards, where our food is grown and prepared the energies of nature and the infinite universe are absorbed through the food we eat and then are transmitted into our thoughts and into our actions. And Rosenthal breaks down the facts about how the body responds to simple and complex carbohydrates. You know, a sugar craving is simply the body asking for energy. And when sugar is digested, it becomes glucose which is the fuel for the body's cells. So when you eat sugar, it enters the bloodstream and is converted into glucose at different rates, depending on the type of sugar you eat. So all carbohydrates contain sugar. But depending on their chemical structure, whether they're simple or complex, they're processed very differently. The simple carbohydrates are the ones that are highly processed, that we want to stay away from, those uh, refined sugars. They have very few vitamins and minerals. Processed foods have short chains of sugar, which enter the bloodstream almost instantaneously after they're ingested. And this causes a rapid rise in glucose levels in the body, which you experience as the sugar rush, followed by the crash. The body sees the high level of sugar as an emergency state and works hard to burn it up as quickly as possible. Then the blood sugar drops immediately. So other natural foods like fruit can chain naturally occurring simple sugars. Fruit's also high in fiber, which helps to slow digestion and limiting the amount of sugar that flows into the cell. So carbohydrates that appear in nature in whole foods like vegetables and whole grains, these are the complex ones. And complex carbohydrates are composed of long chains of sugar. And these long chains are bound within the food's fiber. So the body processes the sugar by breaking down the chains and releasing fiber into the bloodstream. This process is relatively slow. Therefore, the sugars are absorbed into the bloodstream at a a steady rate over many hours, providing long-lasting nourishment to the cells and energy in the body. When you eat the whole grain, complex carbohydrates for breakfast, then you have energy throughout the morning, and then experience the natural mild dip around noon just in time for lunch. And when you eat processed sweets and candy or white bread, all these simple carbohydrates, then the bloodstream's suddenly flooded with sugar, providing the quick burst, and then the drop afterwards when you're hungry again. Now, your body wants to maintain a balanced blood sugar level, so it tells you to eat something to bring your blood sugar back up. Unfortunately, most people go for more sugar, and this is the vicious cycle of the up and down, the sugar rush, the sugar rush, and then the drop. Now, it's natural for blood sugar to drop at around 3 p.m., a few hours after lunch, and that would be the time when most people are looking for sugar or caffeine to give them a boost for the afternoon, but there are many other healthy alternatives healthy snacks that won't make your blood sugar rise like that. A little bit of fruit, vegetables, nuts, things like this. You know, the modern ideas around nutrition include high-protein diets and carbohydrates. They've been seen as the culprit associated with, in many people's mind, with the whole obesity crisis. But... Carbohydrates give us the energy for normal body functions, you know, like our heartbeat, breathing, and digestion, and the fuel for exercise as well. And carbohydrates are in everything. Candy and vegetables. But people aren't eating the right types, the way nature intended. They're eating those rich carbohydrates foods that are deformed and devalued. The simple sugars lead to weight gain because our cells um, don't require those large amounts of glucose all at one time. And so the extra sugar that we're taking in, just with one drink, is then stored as fat in the body. So the anti-carbohydrate movement, Rosenthal suggests that that maybe really could be seen as uh, an anti-simple carbohydrate movement and get the healthy carbohydrates back into the diet in better doses than the simple ones. And also that's the overconsumption of these simple ones is what has really increased the hypoglycemia. Remember the body's inability to handle large amounts of sugar. It's common with people that have diabetes, but it can also be caused by an overload of sugar, alcohol, caffeine tobacco, and, yes, stress. We all know when we're vulnerable, when our blood sugar is low, that's when we're vulnerable to the cravings, because your body needs something to give that spike in the glucose. So if a hypoglycemic episode hits you between meals, then that healthy choice is the carrot or celery or a A piece of fruit rather than grabbing the muffin or the donut or the candy bar or cookie or one of those sweet coffees. So here's another case study from Rosenthal that shows what sugar's doing to our youth. One of his students talked to him about a problem with her child, Kevin, and he was addicted to processed foods like sugary cereals, peanut butter and jelly on white bread, pizza, fast food, and all kinds of soda and salty snacks. The more Kevin ate, the hungrier he got. And this 11-year-old was really ravenous, but he was eating too much, and he was overweight as a result. Now, Rosenthal suggested that maybe Kevin wasn't hungry for calories, but maybe what he was hungry for really was nutrition. And the mother questioned Rosenthal, asking him, like, how could this be because she was feeding him all day long? However, Kevin wasn't getting much nutrition. Because all the food he was eating was processed, rich in simple sugars, but deficient in nutrients. Remember, sugar's the fuel for cells, but the cells also need vitamins and minerals in order to do their job properly. And he was fueling his body, making his cells work, but not giving them the raw materials that they needed. So Kevin was craving more food and more food because his cells were starving for vitamins and minerals. He was suffering from malnutrition. And I know there's so many people that can relate to this. They're hungry all the time and they're eating lots of food, but they're never feeling that sense of uh, feeling full or feeling satisfied. They're still starving because it's a malnutrition. They're not getting the nutrition in what they're eating. So Rosenthal laid out a program. He really, he, he told Kevin's mom that he needed to really reverse the formula and increase the nutrients in, and low calorie foods, the exact opposite of what he was doing. So the program that he laid out, he laid out a program that's rich in nutrients, especially vegetables and whole grains, adding those to his diet and suggesting leaner choices of meat, plenty of exercise, and making home-cooked food that might appeal to her 11-year-old. So, you know, he could still have his favorite peanut butter, but on a celery stick instead, and choose a peanut butter that doesn't have, that isn't processed and doesn't have sugar in it. He could still eat pizza, but homemade pizza with vegetable toppings. And to realize that she needed to take it slowly, Kevin wasn't just gonna immediately start wanting greens and brown rice. Getting a child who's hooked on sugar and processed food to eat natural food can seem impossible. You know, children, their taste buds become accustomed to the artificial flavors and then natural food initially tastes bland in comparison until you clean the body and then you are, will be amazed at the flavor in just natural food. Fruits and vegetables, even vegetables without any seasoning or sauces or anything on them, are very, very tasty and very good for you. So Rosenthal really suggests that whatever it takes to get kids accustomed to natural foods is what we should be doing. Because both children and adults... He's saying that we really need to try things three times before we'll enjoy it. So the first time, he's suggesting just have the kids eat the greens, just a few pieces. And then the second time, a little bit more. And then the third time, a little bit more. And then after that, Kevin himself was helping himself to the greens. And six months later, he had lost 30 pounds. So lots of people like a lot of people kevin was suffering he was stuffing himself with sugary food and becoming sick and overweight he kept eating because his body was continually craving nutrients not simply food mass the body's smart you know it tells you when you're not feeding it properly if you feed it fats oils and sugars it's going to send you messages that it needs more food it needs protein It needs vitamins, and it needs minerals. But if you're not accustomed to eating vegetables, and some people aren't, and not accustomed to eating whole grains and other nutrient-dense foods, then you're not going to decipher the message as simply a craving for something healthy. So Kevin, for example, was just getting the hunger single signals and grabbing for the foods that he'd been brought up on, like the meat, the pizza, the bread, the sugar, the Big Macs, the french fries, potato chips, or whatever, whatever it was, and whatever it is, for you. Now Kevin was lucky that his mother sought out help, because there's lots of, lots of children that are struggling with their weight and obesity. They're addicted to sugar and processed food. And most people don't realize that they're keep, they keep eating it because their body is hungry for nutrition. So eating and drinking foods that are good for you early in the day, then you'll naturally have less room and less desire for healthy foods. Really, you just need to organize your life so that you have access to these healthy foods all the time. Especially when you feel like snacking at work or when you're traveling you know if you can make it to the evening meal without having impulsively eaten the junk food because that was all that was available then you're getting right on the right track it takes a little practice to make it happen but it's definitely possible and the health benefits really they're they're irreplaceable so um Quality makes a big difference. If you decide to have an extreme sweet food, choose the best quality you can buy. And realize that you'll likely be satisfied with a much smaller portion then if you're eating the high-quality food. Eat the food consciously, chewing it slowly and thoroughly. You know, take chocolate as an example. Many of us crave chocolate and end up inhaling too much of really low-quality chocolate that's just filled with chemicals. But it's a very different experience when you slowly indulge in a small piece of organic dark chocolate, you know, chewing it thoroughly, taking small bites. So if you're a chocoholic, check out the chocolate section of your health food store and you'll find many brands of organic chocolate with many wonderful flavors. You know, almost everybody craves sweets, So instead of depending on processed sugar, you can add more natural sweet flavors to your daily diet, and that will dramatically reduce your sweet cravings. Certain vegetables have a deep sweet flavor when cooked, like corn and carrots, onions, beets, squash, sweet potatoes and yams. And then some of the lesser known vegetables that are semi-sweet are turnips and parsnips and rutabagas. There's also another group of vegetables that don't taste sweet, but they have an effect on the body similar to that of sweet vegetables. And these include red radishes, daikon radishes, green cabbage, red cabbage, and burdock. These vegetables are also good because they soothe the internal organs of the body and energize the mind. We could all use that. And because many of these vegetables are root vegetables, they're energetically grounded, helping you to balance out that spacey feeling that people often experience after eating other types of unhealthy sweets. So there's lots of delicious ways to incorporate these sweet vegetables into your diet, including raw carrots, baking sweet potato fries, roasting squash, making soup, or boiling beets to put on top of a salad or just to enjoy as a small portion of a side dish. You know, Daphne Oz used to be, um, suffering the ill effects of skipping breakfast. And then since understanding the key role that breakfast plays in kickstarting their metabolism at the beginning of the day, She's been reaching out to other people with the information to help people balance the effects that sugar has on your mood, your energy, and your overall health. So here are some key things to remember before you let yourself skip that breakfast. When you don't have time to prepare a hearty meal to sit down and enjoy, then it's important to at least have a handful of nuts, some yogurt, or a piece of fruit, even if it means breakfast on the go. The word breakfast is Breaking the fast from going all night without food. The fast that lasts from dinner or your evening snack until breakfast. And on purpose, this causes your metabolism to go into hibernation and slow down. There are important biological reasons for your metabolism slowing down during the night. It helps you to relax and drift off to sleep. And then it enables your body to devote the majority of its energy to reparative work while you're sleeping. That's why eating right before bed is counterproductive, because it forces your body to expand the energy digesting the new food instead of repairing the body. So the most important thing to remember is that your metabolism does not turn on when you wake up. You kickstart your metabolism when you break the fast with your morning meal. Or that handful of nuts, yogurt, or piece of fruit on the go, if that's all you can manage sometimes. This is really what your body needs to get your metabolism up and running. Your body will burn the most calories over the course of the day if you eat soon after getting up. Your metabolism processes energy and burns calories that your body has stored. So unless you're eating for emotional reasons like boredom, sadness, frustration, or to celebrate, generally we eat because we're hungry. Or generally, we should be eating because we're hungry and see food as fuel, not just as pleasure. Food is fuel, fuel. The sensation of hunger is your body's way of telling you that it needs more fuel. And it's there's a series of complex chemical reactions that govern how your body asks for and receives food as fuel. So it's really particularly important for people that skip breakfast to understand the fact that not eating something soon after waking up is wreaking havoc on your blood sugar level coffee and cigarettes or a moco chocolate latte on the way to work is not breakfast blood sugar level plays a really important role as we've learned today in governing how your body uses and stores energy so eating breakfast is the critical part of regulating your blood sugar levels it's the first chance your body has to replenish the energy stores that have been depleted overnight to help fuel its reparative work. So, since whatever you eat for breakfast is going to dictate how stabilized your blood sugar is for the rest of the day, you want to make sure to have something with fiber and protein, as well as some complex carbohydrates. You know, some people skip breakfast thinking that, you know, they want to lose weight. So if they skip a meal, they're going to lose weight. And I'm, I would, it would please me to no end if the information I shared with you today has helped you to understand that that is just not the case. Slow, steady fuel, healthy foods, complex carbohydrates, burning slowly throughout the day is the way to balance your blood sugar level and also the way to keep your body lean. And healthy. So here's a few examples of a way to get the mix of the fibers and the proteins and the complex carbohydrates. Simple things. A scrambled egg on a whole grain toast. A thin spread of almond butter on whole grain toast. Yogurt with muesli. Steel-cut oat porridge with walnuts and a bit of fruit. Now, each of these combinations offers you the fiber and the protein to stay full as well as complex carbohydrates that will provide that slow-release sugar to your bloodstream. You'll end the sugar spikes and eventually sugar lows. And chances are, if you've deprived yourself of a morning meal, then you'll be looking for a snack come mid-morning. So make sure for those days when you really just can't spare the time for a homemade breakfast, find ways to have the following items at work. Whole-grain toast, not the same as whole wheat. Right? You want to see those tiny grains and kernels in the bread because you're looking for the fiber. Almond butter. You can put flax seeds in if you want for more fiber and omega fats. Cereal is a great staple. Opt for the high-fiber cereals made from whole grains and stay really with low, low sugar as possible. Plain yogurt. The protein is good and on occasion you could even sweeten it with some of those um with some fruit simple sugar just for an occasional treat cottage cheese high in protein you can add a little bit of fruit to that as well carrots and celery sticks it may not sound exciting but they hit the spot when you're craving something crunchy you can spice them up with dressing just avoid the processed ones and Or you could use nut butters or make a dip out of yogurt. And then nuts, which are rich in omega fats and proteins that can travel anywhere. Soya crisps. Sometimes you just need a good chip. And rather than loading up on calories, and you can have these that are incredibly flavorful. They're made with soya and they have gluten-free varieties. So these are really great suggestions for uh morning snacks, afternoon snacks, evening snacks, or also when you uh don't have the time to sit and have a fuller breakfast. And then just want to leave you with this last thought from Lima Oshawa. She says that no foods are forbidden except when your body tells you. So... If you're eating stuff and it's making you feel bad, your body's trying to tell you that it's not good for you, that your body doesn't like it. I hope you found some great tips today to help you increase your health and to balance your relationship with sugar and to crush that sugar rush. Thanks for tuning in to come back to your senses radio. I am your ever grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith. And until next time... I encourage you to relax and enjoy life.
0: We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.